0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We are all entitled to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health. Everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
1: Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Um, We are back, so that is myself and Rich. Rich going to throw it over to you straight away. How are you doing, bud? I'm good. It rained. I'm very happy it rained. (laughs) I didn't think
0: I'd ever be so happy to see rain. Um, Feels slightly ridiculous. Um, My wife said to me, I'm officially getting old because the first thing I said when it rained was, good, the grass needs it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm
1: officially old as of today um you are old to me anyway but yeah you're officially old we'll we'll go with that how how are you lynn all good yeah um i mean i wasn't really paying attention to the weather i work from home so and i'm not old enough to think about my grass so um i need to (laughs) i need to worry about the weather um but yeah it's been a good week we've got a lot of um just A little bit of a teaser, we've got a lot of UK FFC talk behind the scenes going at the moment, haven't we, Rich? So that's in busy. full swing,
0: um,
1: but that is nothing to do with today's pod. Um, we as Eagle Eyed, oh, yeah, Eagle Eyed listeners can see on the stream, we don't have a guest, so um, we are going to be riding just me and Rich for the next four weeks into the season. We're going to be kicking off a nice little um. Nice little series rich so we've called it around the league in four pods so the format as you probably guessed is is two divisions um each pod. and this week we're starting out in the wild west so that is the afc and the nfc west divisions um we're both going to be given one player and we'll just be talking about one player from each team in each division um that we really want to so we can try and cover everything so rich i'm going to throw it straight over to you let you get dove straight into this uh who's your first player that you want to speak about and we'll start in the nfc west on the 49ers shall we say
0: yeah so i I've, first of all before we dive in i just want to say i've been looking forward to doing this for like a couple of months i think it's it's one of my favorite <laughs> things where we get to Quick fire, try and be as brief as possible, which is not something that I I traditionally do very well, but uh, we're going to try and cover as many guys in a short space of time as as possible. Um, But yeah, my my first guy is Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think... I'm, I'm fascinated by Ayuk. I think that I'm significantly higher than consensus on him. I think that he's currently ADP wide receiver 42, which is criminal, I think... If people realised just how good he was down the stretch, I think he could probably, you know, potentially even flip that those numbers and and he'd be sort of a top twenty-four wide receiver. Um, I really like his fit with Trey Lance. I think we've already seen the clips of Trey Lance pushing the ball down the field um, more, which I think fits nicely with Ayuk's play style. I think he is going to be that. Um, you know, traditional outside receiver that's that's going to stretch the field, and I think it fits nicer with Trey Lance than Jimmy Garoppolo, who we all know is great in the middle of the field and the short to intermediate routes, but doesn't have the arm strength to kind of push the ball downfield as such.
1: Um, but yeah, what, what are your what are your thoughts, Ayuk? I mean, you've been seeing you, you as you said you've seen the clips. Um, you saw Trey Lance in the. I mean, this has become a bit more of a Trey Lance segment than a Brandon Ayuk segment, but uh, you saw Lance play in the preseason against the Packers and he pushed the ball down the field twice on two good deep roots. Um, I just think that Lance is going to be a great addition for, um, for Ayuk and that's the best possible change for Ayuk. I mean, let's face it, Jimmy G for whatever reason, didn't use Ayuk as much as he uh, probably should have, but he had Debo Samuel step up completely. Now, that is wonderful in some aspects, but at the same time, we need to figure out what's going to happen in that offence with Trey Lance, because it's not going to stay the same as what happened under Jimmy G. Um, I mean, looking at last year's stats, Ayuk was in the doghouse for whatever reason. And then he got himself out of it weeks eight to six uh, eight to eighteen. Sorry, he was the wide receiver sixteen. He didn't have a bye week, so let's change that to p uh, points per game, and that would have been wide receiver twenty four in in as I said weeks eight to eighteen in PPR. So um, I think Ayuk's a really good buy low candidate for this year coming up. I mean, this whole part of the off season is everyone can be a wide receiver too but I think Ayuk is the one that I'm most confident in taking that leap other than let's say um, Juju and Rashad Bateman but he's probably the one at his cost that I'm smashing every time because I think he's the most likely to step up and he's still really young
0: yeah yeah I mean he's he's my wide receiver 23 (laughs) <laughs> he's he's going wide receiver <currently> forty two at <laughs> AP that that kind of says says it all I guess. Um, so moving to your your guy from the 49ers, Liam, who, who did you want to talk about?
1: I want to talk about Debo to so the other side of the uh, wide receiver core here. I mean, he had a great season last year. Um, he's just been paid, but as we've talked about with Ayuk, if Ayuk takes that step up, does that mean that Debo is going to be affected with Trey Lance coming in? I mean we're going to be seeing a lot more deep balls in, in my opinion, and just from what we've seen from Lance, there's a lot more deep balls and that doesn't bode well with the way Debo was used last year. Um, And then I know a lot of people were enamored with the usage that Debo got, especially with the backfield usage. I mean, with a fully um, healthy backfield and having a third round rookie drafted on top of the two they drafted last year and they've, they've they've shown that they are willing to take for maybe even more than that running backs into the season. What do you feel about Debo and Debo's usage? Because to me, he's at the moment he's going as the wide receiver five in ADP. And that's DLF for June. I mean, to me he's he's a pretty easy person to or player to nominate as his usage is going to go down a little bit and therefore his cost is currently at a peak.
0: Yeah, I think, look, Debo had an incredible year last year. And for me, I don't see his usage in the backfield as a positive. You know, we talk about running backs and I think the stat is a target for a running back is worth 2.6 more points than a carry. And I don't want to see, you know, my, my receivers, if they're going to get the odd touch here or there. But I don't want to see Debo lining up in the backfield 15 you know times again that's that's not where i want him i want him you know catching those screens catching those short intermediate routes in space that shanahan can scheme open and allowing him to go to work and you know show that incredible run after the catch ability that he has i'm nervous about debo this year because i think that it's not necessarily negative on debo I just think that Ayuk and Debo are a lot closer than perhaps the dynasty community are, are talking. Um, you know, you said that he's wide well, receiver he's five in ADP. He's, yeah. he's ranked number seven for me. So, you know, I've got them, what's that off the top of my head, Six, 16 spots ahead, yet the dynasty community's got them 37 spots difference. And and I just think that I wouldn't be gobsmacked if we're sitting here in, in a year and Ayuk has scored more fantasy points than Debo. And I, I mean, think that the way that the community of, you know, we've got him ranked in ADP, the way people are talking about it, I think I'm probably in the the
1: significant minority when I'm I've got that opinion. I mean, I, I get it. Um I've got Debo ranked a little bit lower. I think I've got him ranked around the wide receiver nine number at the moment. Um but I think the difference more comes from Ayuk than Debo. I think people are just really low on Ayuk at the moment. Um, But because we talk way too much, we need to move on, Rich. Um, Else we're just never going to finish this in an hour. So the next team we're going to talk about is the Cardinals, and I'll start with my player. We'll stay with the wide receiver group, and we'll talk about Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Now, with Brown, uh, my question to you rich is what what do you feel he's going to do in this offense i mean he's currently going as the wide receiver 22 to me that is influenced by the deandre hopkins um suspension so hopkins is out for the first six weeks so i will be back in week seven Um but to me wide receiver 22 is a tough value for me right now um he's young he's going to um, a team with his college quarterback. So you don't expect the usual time frame of him to um, get acclimated with, with that quarterback and build that chemistry. But at the same time, he's not played with Kyler Murray for how many years now? Murray's been in the league for four, four. years. So yeah. he, he's not played for him for that long, if not even more. I can't remember when Hollywood came out, but... Do you think that Murray is going to be able to support two wide receivers in that offence? And to me, I think the other question is, if not, do you think Hollywood is a sell? Uh, And kind of like that value play week three, week four, when he's had a few good games, but people aren't really thinking about DeAndre Hopkins in the immediate future, because if you try and sell him in week five, week six, I think that value is going to have dropped because people have already got Hopkins in, his, in their mind. Yeah, I, th- I think you've nailed the the exact situation you want to be hitting with Hollywood. I think
0: I find Hollywood strange because I was always higher than consensus on him in Baltimore and, and seemed to kind of stand alone on that. And then as soon as he got traded, everybody seemed to laud it as this incredible thing for Hollywood and that it was amazing for his value and. I I just couldn't get it. And I got a lot of flack when I said he was a loser for me from the draft because I thought he went from a situation, you know, he he saw 145 targets in that Baltimore offence last year. And yes, Kyler is a better deep ball thrower. Yes, the Cardinals are likely to be a more pass first offence, but I can't see a world in which Hollywood Brown's going to see 120 targets, let alone 145 targets. You've then got add in when do we want our fantasy players to score the most points? At the end of the season, when it matters in playoff time. Well, okay, Hollywood's going to be the you know clear number one receiver in this offense for the first six weeks. But I don't think people, I think people are forgetting how good DeAndre Hopkins is, and I think that this offense is passing game still going to run through DeAndre Hopkins. You know, we've seen. Kyler's stats over the last two years are incredible when he's targeting DeAndre Hopkins and are below average whenever he's targeting any other receiver on the Cardinals. And for me, I think that Hollywood's overvalued at the moment. And I think that you you laid out the perfect scenario is, is get a couple of good weeks, week one, week two, and then I'd be looking to cash in because I think that when Hopkins comes back, I think he's going to be a guy that... Yes, he's going to have some flash weeks. Yes, he's going to have some weeks where he catches, you know, two, two deep balls and puts up a five reception for 150 yards and two touchdown game and, and can win you a week. But I think there's going to be weeks where this offence isn't firing. I'm not, I'm not, I am not a fan of Kingsbury. And I think that this offence could stutter, and not allow Hollywood to put up those fantasy points when you need it most, when there's Hopkins there as well. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much out at his ADP and, and I think that it could be a good opportunity to sell because people are still valuing him as that true number one. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So moving, moving to my guy. Um, so it's, it's James Connor. I think that, you know, we saw a fairly ridiculous season last year. And I think that, You know, anyone expecting that level of touchdown performance uh, may may be disappointed. However, we are obviously having lost Chase Edmonds, who got a lot of the work between the 20s. So I think it's a question mark of is James Connor going to get more work to compensate for that touchdown regression or is he going to see a similar level of work? Are we going to see... You know whether it be Williams, whether it be Keontae Ingram, or you know Benjamin for the fourth year in a row is going to break out. Um, what what do
1: you think of Connor and his value there? Yeah, I th- I think at the moment as uh, running back twenty is a perfect win now option, but I don't see him end- as anything other than that. Um, I mean, last year he still had over eleven 1, hundred scrimmage yards. That's seven hundred and fifty on the ground and 350 just over in the air. I mean, when you look at those stats, I think it's incredible when what you do to those stats when you take a normal touchdown season. I mean, he had 18 total touchdowns, 15 rushing, three in the air. You move that to a 10 touchdown season, which is, I'd say, above average for a running back. Now, you take that to 10 touchdowns, And he suddenly goes from being, what was it, the RB5, I believe it was last year, to the RB14, or when you look at it from points-per-game perspective, the RB21. I mean, if we're expecting Darrell Williams or Keontae, whoever is the RB2, to step into a role similar to Chase Edmonds, then I can only assume that with the touchdown regression that because I, I can't foresee him being anywhere near 18 touchdowns again. I can only assume that he is not going to repay um, a top or, or bounce back as a running back one, basically. As his current ADP, I was surprised to see it was the RB20. I thought it was going to be higher than that. So I can kind of see it. But yeah, apart from that, um, I think he's going to keep a very similar role to last year. He's also never spent a whole season healthy, which scares me a little bit. I mean, he's had two near-full seasons, but still, um, last year with 15 games was the most he played in one season. I think the one
0: underrated kind of benefit of James Conner is that a lot of these veteran running backs on second contracts have got outs after this year. You know, you think of Dalvin Cook, You think of um, basically any running back on a second contract and not named Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb. Well, James Connors in that bracket, you know, the Cardinals can't really move on from him until after the 24 season. So he's got, uh, sorry, after the 23 season. So he's got at least two seasons as the Cardinals starting running back, which when we're talking about win now moves, you know, that's, that's a lot better than a lot of running backs if you can guarantee a guy's going to be a starter for, for two years. Um, so my next guy with the Rams, who are the next team on the list, um, so it's Tyler Higbee. Um, I, I basically, he's, he's in that meh category of tight end for me. Um, I think that he's kind of the forgotten man. Everybody's bigging up. Um, Alan Robinson feels like the hype guy. Um, you know, we're talking about the potential running backs, but I think that Tyler Higbee could be a decent free tight end, basically, because you're probably having to pay, what, a third for him in trade value. Um, So, yeah, I I think that if you're looking for a guy that you can kind of get by with, perhaps you're in a, you know, you're, you're loaded elsewhere, but you've got nothing at tight end. I think I could personally go a lot worse than going out and buying Tyler Higbee for free, because I think that... We know the Rams' offence is going to be good. We know that he's got that role carved out. He's not got much competition. He's going to get some decent red zone usage. And, yeah, he's going to be hit and miss. He's never going to be a top five, six tight end. But, you know, he's going to at least give you some potential touchdown on a week-to-week basis. What what do you think, Liam?
1: Are you uh, being disgusted by me suggesting to go out and buy Tyler Higby? I am... Pleased that you brought a tight end onto the list because um, when I was looking at the players that I wanted to talk about, it was basically exclusive running backs, somewhere and receivers. <laughs> um, so it's a nice, fresh um, point. But with Tyler Higby, I think that at cost, he's pretty much fine. Um, I don't mind you going out and getting him. Um, the one thing I will say is he feels pretty flat in terms of his ceiling and floor. I don't think there's much between either one. I mean, last year when I was looking at his stats in PPR, um, he had one spike week and that was in the very final week. So it probably didn't help a lot of people. Um, So as a backup or maybe even a tight end three to four, that you when you just want a stable around 10 PPR points, he, he's a great buyer. well, you're probably not even having to pay a third for him, probably a, a random bench person and you you might be able to get him for that. Um his current ADP is tight end twenty-six, which actually has creeped up over the past few months, which I've been surprised about. But um personally, I am not taking him at cost because when I was looking at ADP for this month, you've got um Brevin Jordan at tight end twenty-eight, which I'd prefer just from uh Longevity point of view, and um, Evan Engram as Titan 25s are going a spot before him. And everyone knows if you've been listening, uh, that I'm a big Evan Engram fan for this year. So, um, uh, one spot or one Titan rank above, I'd much rather take a shot at Evan Engram than um, Higby. Um, one good thing I will say about Higby is last year is the tight end 14 and tight end 15 in uh, p- points per game. And he ha- he actually had a better points per game than Frymouth and Gesicki, which surprised me. Um, it was only by uh, a few decimal points, but it was still better. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the Miami Dolphins section where I get to slag off my Gesicki some more. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, Let's move on to the Rams running back, Rich. So I want to talk about Cam Akers. He's currently going as the RB16. To me, that is too high. Um, We still haven't seen a whole lot from Akers. I mean, he's had some really good games, don't get me wrong. But he's also had stints where he's been really ineffective. Um, You could say last year that it was down to the Achilles. He did have an amazing turnaround time, so that's fine but you take that away and look at his rookie season he still didn't have a great stint at times i mean he had that amazing um end of the season into the playoffs i believe it was um run but apart from that he's not done a whole lot and that could be down to injuries and there was a three-headed backfield in his rookie season with um Darrell Henderson and um Malcolm Brown in that offense but i just question the RB 16 price tag on him especially when you look at ADP and you're seeing um, JK Dobbins go as the RB 18 and a guy that we're going to talk about soon is Kenneth Walker at RB 22 I don't understand why you're taking acres at 16 when you can get either of those two two and four spots later
0: yeah I mean look I've, I've struggled with acres he's a guy that I was always lower than consensus I think at- you know in that 20 between 2020 and 2021 off season before the injury he was getting hyped to ridiculous levels he was up at sort of rb4 rb5 in terms yeah. of adp it was obscene and i was always a little bit speculative around that and then we had the injury and I, I can't decide whether him coming back from the injury and playing in the playoffs is a good thing or him looking so bad when he did is a bad thing and i've i've gone back and forth over it i then sort of dove in and and had a bit more of a detailed look at that 2020 playoff run that that we kind of hold up as being so amazing. And it really wasn't that impressive when you look at it. So there was a a stretch between week 12 and week 15. Okay. In week 12, he had a really impressive, really efficient game. Nine carries, 84 yards and a touchdown, finishes the running back 16. Okay. Great week on limited usage. That, we then had the Darrell Henderson injury. He then saw 21 carries in week four, 13, one touchdown, 72 yards. Not that impressive. Not, not that great a week. Finished as the RB 13. The next week, he then saw 29 carries, a sco- run for 171 yards, but only scored 21.4 fantasy points and finished as the RB 10. So this is a guy that we hold up as this great finish to the season, but he only actually had one week where he finished as an RB1. Um, I just I just don't see it. And I tend to agree with you that this is a guy that I think he's overpriced. For me, I would rather Darrell Henderson at cost. Um, if you're giving me a guy that's produced an RB1 week, Eight percent of the times he's been on the field. Like that's that's not a guy that I can be drafting in the, the top 20. Um he's my RB21. Um, I don't think I've got any shares because I basically am not willing to take him any any higher than that, quite frankly. Um, but you you mentioned a guy you'd take over, Cam Akers, um, as we move on to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and that's the guy that that I'd I'd like to talk about, and is Kenneth Walker. I liked him as a prospect. You know, he was a clear number two for me behind Brees Hall, but he was the clear number two and he was miles ahead of the, the, the running back three in terms of where he's at in this class. He goes to a situation where, look, we know Seattle wants to run the ball. As far as I'm concerned, that's a good offense for a running back to score fancy points. And... I don't quite get why people aren't on board with him as a potential stud. You know, he ticks a lot of the boxes. The only question mark is that receiving usage. And I'm not convinced that it's a him issue. I conv- think it's perhaps more of a, a scheme issue. You know, we had some question marks about Jonathan Taylor as a pass catcher coming out. And he's shown in the league that he can still catch passes adequately. Um I think that it's slightly funny and slightly ironic that we're viewing Rashad Penny, who has played, what, 10 games in his NFL career, something like that, through four or five seasons, as a potential blocker for Kenneth Walker. I think, yeah, sure, Rashad Penny's fantastic when he was on the field. Those last four or five games last year were incredible. But are we really sitting here saying Rashad Penny is going to be the guy that stops Kenneth Walker producing um for me, I think at the moment he's completely undervalued. I think people are in redraft mode and they don't see the scenario for Kenneth Walker to produce. So I think he he could potentially be a great buy. What what about you, Liam? What do you think about Walker?
1: Yeah, I absolutely love this. Um, I was extremely happy when you put him on this show sheet after I put Cam Akers and put my notes in there. Um, just from a showmanship point of view, being able to transition from one to the other felt really nice. Um, but I mean I've got Cam Aker, oh I've got Kenneth Walker a good well a, a great value RB22 the the thing that I wanted to pick up on is you said that he was um got stud potential but do you really think he's got as in like top 5 top 10 upside in terms of dynasty value because yes if he if he does really well this season then he is going to um spike in value um, or even if Rashard Penny, when Rashard Penny doesn't um, live up to the hype, which is similar to like a Cam Akers style um, hype, but for a fourth fourth year back or going into his fifth year, I think it is. Um, for for Kenneth Walker specifically, I just struggle with that ceiling. I don't know where to put it. I can't. I struggle with putting him as an RB one ceiling wise. I, he just has that feeling of being similar to a David Montgomery or a Josh Jacobs in term of um, probably going to be better than everyone drafts him at, but is probably never going to be valued at what he should be for what his production is. What do you feel about that, Rich? I think that he's absolutely got that
0: ceiling. Um, You know, this is a guy that he's a 91st percentile prospect in my model. You know, that that puts him the guys he's ahead of directly in the model, Levion Bell, Travis Etienne, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Ray Rice, you know, Najay Harris. That's 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 pretty elite company that, that he's in in terms of a statistical profile. This is a guy that had one of the best running back seasons we've seen in college for, for a number of years. He was incredible. And I think that he's in a scheme and an offense that that is going to utilize him well. And I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle is better than people think that's not me sitting here saying they're going to be amazing, but I don't necessarily think they're going to be terrible. I think that offensive line is, you know, yes, it's not elite, but, but it's, it's kind of average. And I think that's all he needs. And I think that, you know, the, the question we have is that the truly top tier elite running backs, They need that kind of combination of rushing and receiving in order to get that super-duper elite production. I agree that that is a slight concern with Walker. But if he can produce this year at a decent level, enable the Seahawks to commit to him fully next year, you're then bringing in a potentially, you know, we're expecting they're going to get one of the top quarterbacks next year. Wouldn't you want the running back on a an offence, whether it be Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, that's going to lean on that running back. And I I foresee a scenario where he is easily a top five back this time next year. Do I think that's his, you know, realistic outcome? No, I, I think, you know, he, he's probably going to settle in as a maybe a top 12 back in terms of dynasty value next year. But there is absolutely the ceiling there. And I think that, I've got no concerns about him him potentially in that point.
1: So I'm going to move on to my player for the Seahawks and that is DK Metcalf. I mean the reason I brought him up is he's just been paid um he is the wide receiver 9 in ADP right now and I feel like he's not valued like that in sort in terms of trades being in drafts ADP of wide receiver 9 I think he is a little bit Rich, I think I've got him one one spot higher, so it's not horrendous. But in trades, I think that you can get him for a lot less than wide receiver nine numbers. Um when you look into this season, I think it's an absolutely huge season for me. Or well, well for him, sorry. So when you look at it, if he has a mediocre season with a what whatever the quarterback situation is going to be, there we don't know whether it's going to be Drew Locke or Geno Smith, but if he has a mediocre season, where do you think that that value drops? I think it could be drop. It could be dropped to mid, mid to even late wide receiver, um, two numbers so around wide receiver twenty four latest. But then if he has a pretty good season, not even just me, I mean, like a pretty good season with these type of quarterbacks, and then goes on to get a top quarterback in the draft. I think that he is going up in value. The issue is that price is very volatile at the moment. And I think that he's a massive risk of whatever you pay for him right now. If you're not getting him as a wide receiver 24, which you are not going to get for him, he he could go either way with his current value. And you could say that about a lot of people, if not everyone. But I think with DK, it's the, one of the most volatile situations for a... Wide receiver in the top ten in dynasty, similar to a Debo situation, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I've I've been lower than consensus on DK since before he was drafted. To be honest, I was lower lower in the pre-draft process. I was lower in the post-draft process, and I've pretty much been lower throughout his entire NFL career to date. And shockingly, I'm I'm at wide receiver 16 with him at the moment, so I'm still lower than consensus. I think that I agree with everything you've said i don't see a scenario where he rises in value currently um i think it would take him producing as a wide receiver one this year you know he'd need to finish as a top 12 receiver and get a an elite rookie quarterback in for him to just maintain as the wide receiver nine so for me i think it's a potential sell because as, as you've laid out Look, he's catching passes from Drew Locke and, and Geno Smith. That's 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 not a great recipe for success. I wouldn't be taking him in the top twelve in redraft this year. Um, you know, I'm I'm just trying to have a look where I've got him in redraft. I, I see him gi- around
1: wide receiver, mid wide receiver two in redraft. If not wide receiver, wide receiver two.
0: Wide receiver twenty-two for me currently in redraft. So look, I I think that he is an elite talent. There is no doubt about that. But I just don't see a world in where his value rises. So I think for me, I agree with you, it's it's a good opportunity to sell and, and to
1: move on. Um so Rich, that takes us through the NFC West. Let's hop over to the AFC. Um we'll start with the Broncos. Who have you got as your first player for the Broncos?
0: So I'm going Cortland Sutton. Um, it's I've gone through a bit of a a kind of a, a roller coaster ride with Cortland Sutton. He's a guy that I've loved for years. Um I was really high before the injury. I expected him to fully bounce back. And last year he was just really disappointed. And giving him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, he, he had some poor quarterback play, he was coming back from the injury. I got really excited when Russell Wilson landed, and I was thinking you know what, he is a perfect fit for us. But the more I've looked at it over the off-season and the more I've kind of gone back and watched some of the games and watched Russell's tape before the injury and after the injury, I'm not convinced that Russell Wilson is the quarterback that we all think he is. I think that there was significant decline before the injury um, and he was pretty horrific after the injury. I think that this is a guy that you know he much was made about him being a shorter quarterback coming out in college, from college and you know yes it was a slightly ridiculous take that he was short but the reason he's been able to you know have the career he has is because he's had that mobility and he doesn't need to sit and look over the offensive line in order to create throwing lanes because he can manipulate the pocket and get outside the pocket and create throwing lanes well from the games I watched last year, there was a significant decline in his mobility and his athleticism. Now, if he can't manipulate the pocket, if he can't get out of the pocket and create that space and those throw lanes to get the ball downfield, are, are we sure that he's good enough to sit in the pocket and pick a defense apart? And and you know, without those open throw lanes, and I, I'll be honest, I'm I'm slightly concerned. So, Courtney Sutton's a guy that I've I've started dropping down my ranks. Um, he's currently on wide receiver thirty-five. Um, I am lower than consensus on pretty much every part of this um, Broncos offense. I think largely because I'm a little bit concerned about Russell Wilson. And look, if if Russell Wilson comes out week one, week two, and looks like you know twenty nineteen Russell Wilson then I'm going to be all in on this offence and I'm going to sit happily, hold my hands up and say, you know what, I was wrong. Judy, Sutton, Albert O, Javante Williams, Russell Wilson, they're all flying up my ranks. But I'm I'm seriously concerned about this offence and I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk as it feels like everybody in the world seems to think.
1: I think... The issue with Sutton is you're essentially having to choose between Sutton and Judy. And most people are siding with Sutton. I've seen a lot of people like Judy as well. Um, But, yeah, you're essentially having to pick one. And my concern around that is I don't think you have to. I think a lot of people are then picking one and wanting to go with that player fully um, and then essentially forgetting about the other one. Whereas I don't think Russ is going to be horrendous to the point where he can't support two wide receiver twos. Um, at least, I mean, he's done it for years. Let's not let's not weigh him down on that. I understand your points around him being um, less mobile, maybe, and going to a first year head coach on a, in a new team. There's a lot that has changed. He's going with um, essentially no weapons that he's used to. So there, there is a lot of change and I get that. So maybe it does take him a year to get involved. Um but to to me I'm on the Sutton train over the, the Judy train. I just don't think at the costs I'm willing to take that shot. I mean Sutton's going as a wide receiver 24 in ADP. Um but one thing I kind of wanted to get back to you with before we have to move on to the next player Rich is he was the wide receiver, he was a, a mid wide receiver too. I believe he ended up as the PPR ninth wide receiver 19 in 2019. Um, and that was with a mixture of quarterbacks of Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and Brandon Allen. I mean, going back, Joe Flacco was better than you, your perception of him now, but he wasn't the the Joe Flacco that won the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at Drew Locke, he was a rookie in that year, and Brandon Allen is where in the NFL now.
0: Um, I want to say I Cincinnati. Mean, is he Cincinnati back up?
1: He might it up. be, but my my point is that with a mixture of quarterbacks, I mean, um, Flacco played eight games, Log played five, and Allen three. So he played with a mixture of quarterbacks and still ended up as the wide receiver too, uh, or a wide receiver too. So before the injury, I think that he definitely had that. Um, prestige and maybe... Um, that's where people are kind of remembering. So if Russ does get back to his 2019 kind of hype, that's what everyone is expecting to happen. Now, I agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that's a good ceiling to have. I think that Sutton will just be a, a middling wide receiver two at best. I think that he's probably going to end up as a wide receiver three. Um so I'm kind of out of him out out of ADP for him. Now come here, we'll go on. I think
0: I was just gonna say if, if for me, if you're saying that Cortland Sutton's going eighteen spots ahead of Brandon Ayuk, who's a guy we talked earlier in ADP, you know. So if you if you can give me Brandon Ayuk and I mean I'd take Brandon Ayuk over Courtland Sutton straight up, but if you're giving me Brandon Ayuk plus what? What's 18 spots in ADP like you know, maybe a, maybe a late second, something like that. Yeah, yeah. if if you're giving me Ayukan a second for Sutton, that's that's the easiest trade I'm making all day. That is that is unbelievable. I can't. I think it, I think it's just the Russ hype. So uh, on leading on to your receiver,
1: yeah. It, again, we're we're gonna stay um, and pick the wide receiver pair here. I've gone Jerry Judy. Now, um, my I suppose point around Jerry Judy is i'm struggling to see the hype around him we've just spoken about it with sutton so i'm not going to go over it too much and um, you could basically copy and paste a lot of what we said with sutton um over to judy now um judy i'm just questioning how much more he is that he that or that he has that we haven't seen yet i mean he he's not he's not been bad don't get me wrong um I'm not saying that he is a bad player. I loved his route running coming out or any. I just don't want people to get that the wrong way. I just think that he's... I struggle to see a world where Judy is going to be a top 12 wide receiver. Um, and I think at best, he's just going to be a milling wide receiver too for the rest of the career. And that's not a bad guy to have on your roster. And at wide receiver 28, that kind of feels right. But with that as your ceiling at wide receiver 28, I'd much rather um, take a step down a tier and go for a guy like Brandon Ayuk who has a similar ceiling but is a lot cheaper and you can get a bit of value on top. Um, And then I think it also goes on to the fact that I think Sutton is going to be the wide receiver one in that offence. But that's only if there is a wide receiver one. I can kind of see a, a scenario where there's no clear wide receiver one and they both have defined roles and it's not necessarily one gets 150 targets, one gets 130. It's more like a, they both get a very similar target share and similar snaps and etc. Um And for me, I just can't pick one of these two. in an ADP at cost, I just don't want either of them contract wise Sutton is there for longer as well and um, Sutton is there till 2024 and I believe Judy's um contract runs out before that so if if not at the same time at the very least so Rich where do you um where do you feel or how do you come down on Judy
0: I really like Judy coming out because like I'm a root runner guy and I think that if you can get open, that's amazing. But again, I, I don't see the natural fit with Russell Wilson. He's not a guy that's going to sit in the pocket, deliver the ball on time when the receiver has, you know, won the route and got open. And I just don't think that it's a natural fit between the two. We've seen that the Broncos have, you know, paid Cortland Sutton. They've paid Tim Patrick. Are they then going to pay Jerry Judy? Um I'm concerned that he could find himself, you know, that the odd man out at the end of the year i don't think that he's ever gonna realize that top 24 potential and i think that for me he's he's an easy fade at, at current costs um yeah I, I i just don't love this offense i don't i don't love judy at, at his current price and and i
1: think that he's he's an easy option to to potentially move on from I think the one thing I wanted to clarify there was his contract does run out in 2023 or after the 2023 season, but he is the first rounder. And as you said, um, are they going to want to pay him a guaranteed fifth-year option uh, that is going to be a, a very high cost with the way that the wide receiver market has gone? I think with the way fifth-year options are now, I think that basically, un-
0: unless a player is a truly elite, you know, top five, top 10 performer at the position, or unless they're a quarterback, I don't think we're going to see many fifth-year options picked up because it's just such a risk. Now they're fully guaranteed. You know, uh, uh, I don't know what the exact number is off the top of my head, but are the Broncos really going to want to guarantee, Jerry Judy? was it like 14, 16 million? Like that's, that's a lot of money to be guaranteeing a guy that, is probably at best a wide receiver two for your offense. You know, I just I just don't see him being kept long term. But enough enough about the uh, the Broncos offense. Moving on to the the Chargers. So my my pick here is Isaiah Spiller. Uh, so he's currently the running back forty two in ADP. Obviously, we know this this backfield is going to be largely led by Austin Eckler. I think there is a clear role for a one B. We've seen every year that Eckler's been there. There's there's been a 1B and they've been fancy relevant. I'm, I'm not convinced that Isaiah Spiller is gonna be that guy. I think look the, the potential's there. He he produced really well in college, um, but obviously fell apart when it came to kind of draft day and and the, the NFL didn't value him perhaps as as high as the fancy community did going into the draft. I think that he's he's about valued right. I'm really intrigued to see how he runs over the next couple of weeks. I'm very interested to watch him in the preseason. Um but I, I think it's I don't know if you found this, but in it feels like in every league I'm in, there's an Isaiah Spiller kind of believer. And I'm not sure his value of RB forty two is actually kind of where he tends to be valued in
1: leagues. I think there's there's a true believer out there in in pretty much every league. I think there's a the, the trade value is completely different to the um ADP right now I think that that is true with a lot of players and Spiller is one of them. Um I know that I came across, um, across a, a a weird corner of Twitter of Spiller still being called the uh, running back 2 and the running back 1 in this class um uh, about a few weeks ago or so. There are definitely still believers out there. Um, To me, yeah, I think I agree with you in terms of that he's valued about right at RB42. I mean, those guys that I like after him. So, um, surprise, surprise, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Michael Carter and Darrell Henderson are all going behind him right now um, in ADP. And those guys I still like roughly on the same, if not around uh, a little bit ahead of him. But... Rich, I'm going to move on to our um, my player, sorry, and that is Keenan Allen for the Chargers. He's currently going as the wide receiver 20. Um, I, I suppose I wanted to bring this up for a very simple question for you. Um, what do you feel Keenan Allen's future is going to hold? Because I looked at his contract and I was very surprised because his contract is completely cuttable now and i mean like it's wide open for him to be cut after this season there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of room to be cut there's about 3 to 4 million i believe next year um i'm just going to get this up to double check cuz it's not included in my notes but after that he is like the chargers would save a lot of money um to cut him so to me, oh sorry, no, I'll correct myself. Next year they save fifteen million, and the year after, so twenty twenty four, they would save what's that, 20, 23 million by cutting him. And if he, he's already 30, 30 going into this year, so that's his thirty first and thirty second season, um, well, age wise. So, to me, I think he's completely cuttable. They've just paid Mike Williams, James... Um, Josh Palmer is a guy that a lot of people are on. Where do you come down in, Keenan? Because, to me, wide receiver 20 is a complete... You either win, I think... now or you doesn't get cut year on year. I think
0: i disagree with you, because I think that I'd agree with you if Keenan Allen was pretty much any other receiver in the NFL... <laughs> But I think, look, Keenan Allen is a guy, he is not a good athlete. And let let me caveat that, sorry. He is (laughs) is an incredible athlete. He is a terrible NFL athlete, okay? If you look at him, he has never been a quick guy. He has never been a a fast 40 guy. He is a guy that wins because he is an absolute root technician and he can get open at will. I truly believe that this is a guy that's going to age well. You know, this is a guy that we are going to see age and continue to produce tied to a truly elite young quarterback. And I see no reason why his value is going to fall off a cliff in terms of production. Now, with Keenan, I think you have got a a serious question of what are you doing with him? I think if you're viewing him as a, I'm going to try and get return on my investment in terms of a sale value, you've probably missed that window. You probably need to sell a year ago, but you need to sell now, because I think once you get over that age 30 season, next year, as you said, he's going to be age 31, people are already going to be starting writing those obituaries. And his value is gonna plummet. And next year we'll probably see him ranked in the wide receiver 40 to wide receiver 50 range, like Adam Thielen is this year in ADP. But for me, I think that he's a guy that's going to continue to produce as a fringe wide receiver one, probably a wide receiver two for the next two, three years. So I think as a, you know, an aggressive asset, I'm I'm happy to buy. At his current value and hold for the next three years, because I think I'm going to get
1: wide receiver two production out of him for the next three years. The one thing I did want to say on Keenan was I'm not saying that he is bad. I'm just saying in future, I think that that future is completely unstable. Um, and you are basically hoping year on year that he doesn't fall off a cliff, because if he does, there's no way that the Chargers can or will hold on to him with the amount that they can save in the next two seasons. Um, Keenan Allen has actually been better in games where Mike Williams has played. Now caveat that with, there's only been three games that Mike Williams has missed in his three years in the league. So it's not like it's a huge sample size, but with Williams being a guy that won't take over the wide receiver one position and, basically has just been paid for i believe it was two years when we looked at the contract rich that even though it's a three years deal, it's a two year deal with a, a kind of an option at the end. um I think that he he's set as the wide receiver one in that offense tied to a young quarterback. but again as i said, just I question if he falls off the cliff in some capacity what happens to him then because the, there's no contract security. I'm going to move on to the chiefs because we are running over as we knew that we were going to do anyway, rich. Um, my play for the chiefs is sky Moore wide receiver 32 in ADP right now. I see that as way too high. He's going ahead of Mike Williams, who's I just kind of mentioned a little bit. Um, and Devonta Smith as wide receiver 36. I mean, to me, why, why is sky Moore going over both of those? Um, i I feel like this landing or this adp is landing spot influenced like his um, rookie draft um, value was as well. Where do you come down on Sky more rich because i know that a lot of people are hiring him, but i don't know how many of people are this hiring him based on talent and or should should we say 80 to 90 percent talent. I think that landing spot plays a lot more into this than people care to admit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm still really grumpy about Sky Moore because I I loved <laughs> I, I loved Sky Moore in the pre-draft process and I thought that he was going to be this year's Elijah Moore for me. I thought he was gonna go to a you know any old team in the second round and I was going to be able to scoop him up in rookie drafts everywhere because I thought he was going to be undervalued and You know, I I thought I'm I'm just going to love this guy because I think he he ticks a lot of boxes. I think he's a good route runner. I think he, you know, he's got a good statistical profile. I think people try to pigeonhole him as a slot. I think he can move around. I think he can play outside. And then he goes to the Chiefs, and everybody's like, okay, skyrockets his value. He's you know he's away with everything, and it's just like, yeah, okay, I can't I can't get on board with those prices, and it's it's still the case. You know, I really like the player. But the price is just too high. Um, I think that he could he could be a guy that we're sitting back here in, you know, a year's time and he could easily be a top twelve receiver in terms of dynasty value. You know, if 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 he has an Elijah more like rookie season, you know, he's tied to Andy Reid, he's tied to Patrick Mahomes. I could easily see him being valued as a top twelve guy. But I just think at the moment that's not a realistic outcome. And I think that there are enough options in this offense that are going to eat that that Elijah Moore like rookie season isn't isn't going to happen for Sky Moore. And I think that yes, he's going to be a really good NFL receiver. He's probably going to be a good fancy receiver, but wide receiver thirty two that's that's just too expensive for me.
1: Um, Rich, do you want to move on to your player for the Chiefs? Yeah, trips?
0: absolutely. I'll, I'll I'll keep this brief. MVS still criminally undervalued. This is a guy that he's the only guy in the, you know, the chiefs receiver room that's being paid. You know, everybody seems to be obsessed with Juju and Juju signed a pathetic one-year contract and yet again hasn't got the market on free agency that that he seems to have, have everybody seems to believe. MVS has got paid. MVS is going to come in. We're going to see him play in that big slot role. You know, I think the underrated thing with MVS is that he is a fantastic running blocker. And he's going to see the field. And I really, truly believe that his flaw is what he produced in in Green Bay. I think that we've seen Andy Reid is able to make use of unique and different offensive weapons. And I think that MVS is easily going to outproduce wide receiver 62 just this year. He signed a three-year contract. He's tied to the Chiefs for two more years. And I think that for me... MBS in in all formats in everything is is a screaming buy right now because wide receiver 62 in value is um yeah it's it's, it's like theft
1: um so uh, okay i'm gonna pose a question to you before i start what what you said his floor is what he produced in green bay what yeah. did he produce in green bay can you tell me what you think he produced in Green Bay. What, yards, in- yards, touchdowns, whatever you want to give me. Well, I can tell you exactly what he produced because I've got it open in front of me. Oh, I was trying to do it when you didn't have it in front of you because <laughs> that's what my point was going to be, is his perception of what he did in Green Bay probably isn't what he actually did in Green Bay, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Um, I know a lot of people had that perception of him running deep, dropping balls. And yes, he did that to an extent. Every wide receiver will do that. But at the same time, he wasn't hugely productive. He never had over 700 yards receiving. He did have one season, which was his 2020 season, where he had 690 yards, and that was his most productive season with six touchdowns. Um, But... With a guy like Aaron Rodgers, yes, there is Devontae Adams in that same offense, so he's not got that top elite guy to, I suppose, compete with. I think that MVS, even though he is getting paid, I still don't think is the most talented guy there. And this is coming from a guy that defended MVS like with everything I could on Twitter when it came to People, especially Green Bay Twitter, going at MVS. I mean, I like the guy, but I just don't think he's going to be as as big as you think. I don't think his ceiling is there. At the same time, I do think that he is undervalued as wide receiver sixty two right now. I think his ceiling is absolute. like.
0: I think to me, he's his ceiling is as high as pretty much any NFL receiver from a fantasy perspective. See it. This is a guy that, yes, okay. Let's talk about that twenty twenty season. He produced a wide receiver fifty five finish on sixty three targets,
1: like, and only caught thirty three of those targets.
0: Yeah, but he had an aid of over eighteen yards. Like, yeah, you're not I, expected. I... To, you're not expected to catch a huge amount of targets when you're you're only getting targeted downfield. Now, I think in this offense, I think two things are going to happen. I think he's going to be used as that deep threat. But I think they're going to get the ball in his hands. I think they're going to use him in that screen game more. I wouldn't be shocked. I think his realistic outcome is 80 targets this year. Now, if you're giving MBS 80 targets, I easily think he's a top 36, top top 40 receiver. And you're getting him at wide receiver 62 prices. This, this and he's tied to Patrick Mahomes for two more years. Like, I just think that with where he's going currently, there's no risk. What's the risk with MVS? Okay, you you pay wide receiver sixty two prices. He doesn't produce. You wait till next off season. Somebody's gonna get hyped up by watching him catch one deep ball in the playoffs, and then you can sell him. The value is incubated because he's tied to that Chiefs offense next year. And the potential ceiling is massive. What happens if MVS sees 100, 120 targets? The guy's going to be a top 24 receiver.
1: Uh, I agree, but I still don't see him getting those type of targets. If he gets used in a I suppose Tyree Kill light role, then I can see the the hype around him becoming a top 24 wide receiver or around that range. I just don't see it happening for him, and that's my issue. As you said, if he gets 80 to 100 targets, I can easily see him being a wide receiver three, top 36 wide receiver. That's why I'm saying that I think he's undervalued. I just don't see the same Um, range of outcomes as you but we are going to have to move on because we're running over rich Um, i'm going to move on to the raiders and my player i'm going to stick with the wide receiver room and go for hunter renfro He's currently going as the wide receiver 46 um but i i'm going to question what he's going to be in this offense i'm not saying that he won't be good i'm just saying I seriously don't understand what his role is going to be in um, this style of offense. I mean, you've got a new head coach. um, You've got Darren Waller, who is still going to be there. um, And you've got obviously Devonta Adams getting traded there. So they are going to use Adams in basically every situation. Hunter Renfro last year had an amazing year, but to me, I just question how much he's going to be used and in what situation. I, I can see a similar situation to MVS where he gets around 80 targets. But his only year where he is safe in his new three-year or two-year extension is the year he didn't actually sign in that two-year extension. It's the current year coming up. His two-year extension are both, or both years are extremely um, friendly to the... Raiders in terms of they, they can basically cut him whenever they want um they save six million in 2023 and 12 million in 2024 um that entire Raiders offense outside of Adams is kind of sketchy in the future I mean um, we'll, we'll move on to another guy in that offense but um Waller is a, in, in a very similar situation contract wise um he's got no dead cap um this year or next year and to me it kind of feels like it's either going to be Waller or renfro as the odd one out next year i don't know how you feel about this rich i think that renfro is just going to take a step back i mean compared to last year's production wide receiver 46 kind of feels about right for what i'm kind of projecting for him but at the same time I don't ever foresee his value going up past wide receiver 40 and that's not a guy I want to take in that range.
0: Yeah, I think there's a misunderstanding with Hunter Renfro and how he's kind of produced as a fantasy asset last year and I think that everybody think of, you know, third and Renfro and and he's like Cole Beasley where he just gets fed a huge amount of targets and it's it's those short and intermediate routes and everybody's going to continue to kind of carry on again this year but the reason Hunter Renfro did so well from a fantasy perspective last year was because he was incredible in the red zone he saw 23 targets inside the red zone and turned 9 of them into touchdowns if you take that inside the 10 he scored he saw 13 targets he caught 8 of them and scored 6 touchdowns this is a guy that you know, yes, you can understand how he is so good in the red zone because he is shifty, he is able to create space quickly, and that fits well with Derek Carr, who's, you know, an accurate passer. But if we're projecting forward, are you really telling me that Devontae Adams, who's probably the best red zone wide receiver in the NFL, and you've got Darren Waller, who is a, you know, a physical freak, an athletic freak, that is a mix-up match for any defensive player in the league, yet they're gonna, we're going to see Hunter Renfro getting 20-plus targets in the red zone again. I don't believe it. Um, I think that you, you highlighted a fantastic point on the contract and, and we'll come on to my guy, who's, who's Derek Carr. I have no idea what the Raiders are doing with contracts. I don't quite get... I can't get my head around it. I think that the Raiders are... All in for this year, but also in a potential scenario where they can blow it all up next year. They've extended Derek Carr, they've extended Hunter Renfro, but basically not giving them any more money guaranteed. It's, it's such a weird scenario that they can move on from both of them almost immediately.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a weird situation because I've just looked at Devonta Adams' contract and they have less dead cap than cap hit in every season apart from this current season coming up and they they have a potential out after the 2024 season and that entire offense is based around basically that entire offense not doing well in two years time and they can move on from every single um skill position player i mean they've already moving on from josh jacobs they haven't brought him back on his fifth year option the only other thing is zamir white who drafted who was a what a fourth fifth round rookie running back so th- there's no w- commitment to that entire offense past twenty twenty four essentially so um that's where i struggle with car is because people are seeing that he's had a new extension but they may not have actually looked into that contract and the entire offense around him i'm obviously not saying that if it doesn't work out that the raiders are going to then cut the guy that they've just traded a first and second for given a huge contract car waller is one of the best wide um, tight ends at the moment and then another guy that they've just paid i'm not saying they're going to cut all four of those guys and then move on from josh jacobs but you can't count any single one of those it's in a weird, two years it's
0: a weird time contract, it's weird yeah and I think with Derek Carr I think look, this is you know one of my traditional lines of I think that we're we're over valuing age when it comes to quarterbacks I think that if you said to anybody is Derek Carr going to outproduce Zach Wilson to a Justin Fields Matt Jones Kenny Pickett in 2022 in fancy production most people would say yes Is he going to outproduce him in 2023 in fantasy production? Most people say yes. 2024, probably say yes again. Yet Derek Carr is going below most of those in Dynasty ADP. Why? You know, we we, we talk about two to three year windows with players of every position. Yet people are throwing it out with Derek Carr. Yes, we've made the points about his contract and it's movable. But if the Raiders decide to move on from Derek Carr, there is... 18 NFL teams that are picking up the phone to Derek Carr because he'd be an upgrade on their quarterback. I believe that Derek Carr is easily a top 15 NFL quarterback, borderline top 10. And he, there is no world in which he isn't a starting NFL quarterback over the next three years. Yet I can get him a QB 18. That's to me, that's criminal. This is a guy that is a, from a fantasy perspective, a top 15 option easily. And um, I just think that yes, we we've, we've raised some question marks about him, but let's not forget he's he's getting the best receiver in the NFL. He's just being plopped on his lap, and people aren't haven't really changed his value. It's uh, I think Derek Carr's ADP is criminal, and I think that at QB eighteen,
1: I think he's he's an absolute steal. Yeah, I th- I think with Carr, the way I'm viewing him is I'm very sceptically optimistic. And what I mean by that is, I think that he can be very good this year. And as you said, I don't think he's going to, um, I don't think he's going to ever be outside of the top 20 quarterbacks in terms of, or in terms of the next few years. But at the same time, I'm not immediately penciling him in for a top 10 um, floor in the coming season just because he's got Adams back. Um, there's question marks around whether he's going to gel with Adams immediately. I know that they were the college duo, but it's also been how many years since they were the college duo. Um, I just, I'm as I said, I'm skeptically optimistic about that entire offense and Carr specifically, but I can completely understand the point that you've got around Carr, not really going to be outside of or out of fashion in terms of the QB market coming up. But Rich, that brings us to um, the end of the Wild West. That was that was impressive for us to only be ten minutes over. <laughs> I thought I thought that was pretty good for us. Um, so, because we haven't um, prepared a dynasty tip, I'm going to read one off my list that I've already created. Um, so. My Dynasty tip that I'm going to share with the listeners will be just be real with yourself, especially at this time of year. Not everyone is a contender. Your roster does not. Just because you can kind of see a, a wild scenario where it is a contender doesn't mean that you are realistically one. Um So just be real with yourself and be real with other people's rosters. If you don't think it's a contending roster, maybe have a look for their picks and see whether you can get them. Um, But yeah, just be real. Like that. So uh, listeners, that is all we have on the show sheet. So that's all we have for you. Um, We'll be back next week at 8pm UK time on a Tuesday or the audio pod will be out later in the week. But until then, stay safe and we'll see you then Russian Nation.
0: Que ls.